Okay, good morning. Let's just pray. Father, we just submit our hearts to you because you are the greatest dad of all. You're the one who, Father, understands, knows, and plans for us to have the most successful life possible. You know how you've designed us. You know how to use us. You know that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. You oversee us, knit together in the womb. You saw our unformed body. And you delighted in us. You, you called us the apple of your eye. And you made plans for us. And I thank you, Father. You were so determined to see those plans fulfilled. You sent your Son. You sent that Son to come, not just to give his life for us, but to rise from the dead. To rise, to ascend on high. And then to come and live in our hearts. And I thank you that we live in Christ and he lives in us today. And I bless you for that, Father. Amen. Just turn with me to uh, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. And uh, I'm just going to read that familiar passage to some of you. Maybe it's not to, to others. Uh, but I'm just going to start at, uh, at verse 7. To each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. Do you understand why we confess, not that Jesus died for us, but that Jesus rose from the grave? Because unless he rose from the grave, there's no gift. That's right. <laughs> he didn't just die for us. That, that was the beginning. That was the beginning of the victory. The victory was proved because he rose from the dead and was then able to give gifts to man. That's right. Wow. That's the exciting. And that's what we confess. Romans 10, verse 10 says, We confess with our mouths and believe with our hearts that Jesus rose from the dead. Yeah. We don't confess he's died. No. We confess he's risen from the dead. That's the miracle. That's the miracle. That's the wonder of salvation. We believe in our heart. We confess with our mouths and we are saved. But we, we're confessing. We're confessing the right thing. We're confessing Jesus died and he rose again. Such a powerful thing. Because it says, why does he ascended means, uh, except he also descended. And he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. Not Not just a handful of people, but the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, to be prophets, evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the whole body of Christ may be built up till we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Do you understand that God gave gifts to his body? He gave gifts. I am one of those gifts to the body of Christ. You are one of those gifts to the body of Christ. God planned and worked it out 
And uh, you know, it, it says uh, it says that he the the word uh, equipped or prepare or perfect or fully furnish. It's it, it's a it's a it's a Greek uh, word, katartisimus, or something like. And uh, you know, when when we were moving Abby and Chris. On, on Saturday, you know, it was really important that we took the tool belt, or uh, Friday, we took the tool belt, tool belt with us, you see. You know, because uh, as, as we were getting it all ready, I, I, I'm, I'm the spanner. Was very rigid, but now is adaptable. Because God's done something in me. He's changed me. I like adjusting and changing people. All right? But you see, the problem is... Uh, it's not very useful when it comes to working out how to put up some shelves. You're not going to try and work out how high to put these shelves. I'm going to be taking a long time. I really could do with a, a tape measure. But I don't have one. I, I, my, the tape measure seems to be missing. And, uh, and uh, you know, I'm trying to work out the distance to, to put some new lights up here. And, and the, the, you know, trying to pace it out. Well, unfortunately, there, there's, there's something in the way. So trying to pace it out doesn't work. Here, we've got to take measure. Okay, thank you. Don't think this is quite going to work. No. Is that? Oh. Yeah. Hang on, I think I need someone. I need someone to hold it. It's, it's, I'm not really measuring right. Um... I'm going to have to cut the shelf properly. So if I'm going to cut the shelf, then I need a a T-square, because I've got to get this to exactly fit. But, um, right, I've got that. If I try and straighten T-square, I knew I needed someone else. All right, so so when it comes to cutting, you you don't want to cut an angle. You've got to cut cut it right, apparently. So I was told this morning when I was trying to work out what tools I needed to put the shelves up. You see, you know, the, the T-square, you know, you, you put that against things, apparently, and, and it helps you to draw straight lines so that you can cut. All right, so uh, I've got my T-square. It goes somewhere in here, apparently. I've got the... Um, that goes there. This is going to be fun trying to um, trying to knock the nails in. I mean, I do knock a lot of heads together, but I'm not sure that this is really the ideal. I'm a bit of a kind of a blunt object for hammering things in. Um, really, would be better if I had a hammer. And uh, oh, I, I see the tools have not been handed out uh, without uh, some thinking going as to uh, who works on the best things. You see, the, the northern bluntness, you see, you know, it's... <laughs> oh, I know, but she comes from Bolton, you see. Bolton. All right. Um, thing is, I actually need a, dr- a drill. I need a drill. I need to actually have the hole first before I try to hammer something in. You know, if I'm, if I'm going to make this work, I've got to put the raw plug in the wall, and the hammer 
will just go straight through the plaster. It's not going to really do the job. It's a drill. See, unique, full of power. And uh, what I like to see, this drill, uh, you see, there's a Vincent, you see, he's, he, he, he's not uh, stuck over in the corner over there because he's got an internal power supply called the Holy Spirit. He, he's able to be useful. So uh, there's a chance of putting some holes in this now, except there's no drill bits. Oh, I forgot the drill bits. Um, okay, that'd be interesting. We didn't think about that one, did we? Drill bits, drill bits. Um, but if you're anything like me, it usually takes one or two holes. I put the raw plug in and I, I put it in wrong and I have to pull it back out. So the spanner's not very good with that. The... The spirit level doesn't really help much with that. I th- Pliers, you're going to be able to help me. I knew that I needed these tools. Okay, so I can get the raw plug back out when I make a mistake. Because I often drill just kind of a bit skewy-like. And then, and then when I try and put the raw plug in, because I'm not good at measuring. Oh, there we go. Um, it's, it's, it's one of my fo- fo- foibles. I kind of drill twice and measure once. Oh, sorry, it's the other way around, isn't it? That's the problem. It's measure twice, drill once. Oh, I knew there was something. What else am I supposed to be doing? Oh, um, if I'm putting up the shelves... Oh, uh, screwdrivers. Might have be helpful. Screwdrivers. Yeah. Um, yeah, you hammer them to start off with, don't you? Is that right? Oh, no. Self-tapping. No? <laughs> there you are. There we go. All right. Screwdrivers. Oh, got two. Oh, okay, that's good. One for each hand. Yeah. Or maybe it's for my helper who's going to take one end and do one end of the shelf while I do the other. Because we need the spirit level in the middle to get it right. Spirit level. So, because actually, I want, I want these shelves to stay up. Uh, oh yeah, the spirit level. Oh yeah, thanks. I got the spirit level. Yeah, can you hold that? Are oh, you? Okay. Just start to see. Start. Start to see. Um. All right. Yes, it's just, it needs to go a bit higher. Higher. Yeah. I think. I think we're about there. Th- <laughs> All right. I, I, think, I think we're kind of getting the, the idea here um, that there's, there's more to putting up some shelves than just having one or two tools, especially as one or two tools that, like me, try to do everything with them and they're not really designed for that. Um, yeah, you see, the, the spanner always gets in the works. You see, this is, the idea is that we're fully furnished. You see, there's one body, many parts. You and I, we need to remember this, there's one body, there's one body, many parts. And each part has its unique ability, its unique role. And each of them, if you just turn to 1 Corinthians 12 with me, just turn to that, 1 Corinthians 12.
And starting at verse 12, it says, The body is a unit. Though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we were all given the one Spirit to drink. And it goes on and it says, now if the body is made up of one part, but not of one, but of many, then the foot should not say, I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. And it says in verse 18, but God has arranged the parts of the body, in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted. And if they're one part, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. I want you to look around and say to people beside you, I need you. I turn backwards and forwards. Look to the person behind you, in front of you. And I want you to say that. I need you. I need you. It says in verse 24, But God has combined the members of the body and given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so there would be no divisions in the body. But if its parts have equal concern for each other. And verse 27, now you're the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. That's an amazing word to speak over us, really. When you start thinking about this combined, it says that we're combined in verse 24, so that there's no divisions. The reason you are not me is because if you were me, we would explode at one another. Which is where Abby and I, who are being too alike, often rubbed off against one another at times, as she learnt submission. <laughs> she's not here. I know, she'll be listening. You see, this is, this is the challenge of communion. This is the challenge that we want to set before us today. The drill. And if anyone else was given a tool and you didn't have a chance to bring it, I'm thankful for you. But you see, the communion, it symbolizes a truth. It's a powerful truth. And I need more room on this table. The blood, the wine stands for the blood, symbolic of the blood. The bread, his body. When we look, just turning back one chapter from where we are in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, where we've been talking about one body, many parts, we turn back one chapter into verse 11, and we have these amazing words. In chapter 11, verse 25. This cup 
is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. And that is why many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned. Do you hear that? He's not, it doesn't say you'll be punished. It says you'll be disciplined so that you are not condemned. That, what, what a promise. We understand that there's a, there is judgment for the body of Christ. There is judgment for the body of Christ. Have we done what we're supposed to do? Because we've been designed uniquely to be useful tools as a drill, as a spanner, screwdriver, whatever you are. Those unique giftings and graces. When you come to church, now we might make a bit of joke just as we did this morning about the hammer or the spanner as in our personalities. But how do we speak generally about one another? I mean, I deliberately did something, because actually it's offensive to speak like that. I deliberately did it, and it caused a reaction, even though it was joking. Okay? Because the Word says we speak well of one another. And I did not speak well. Sorry, it was deliberate, sorry. And I, I needed someone that I could speak. Because didn't it create a reaction? Yet we do it every day. When we speak ill of one another, or we don't lift one another, we despise the body of Christ. When you talk about communion, and it says you do not recognize the body of Christ, what it is saying, you don't understand. Not only are you in a covenant relationship with God, but you are in a covenant relationship with one another. That's what communion says. To recognize the body of Christ. Who's the body of Christ? The church. Not Christ. He's the head of the body. But the body... It's not saying, hang on, this this piece of bread, when it's broken, physically becomes Jesus. This bread is a symbol that you and I are to feed one another. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. That's what John writes about the challenge that Jesus put in front of Peter. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. The blood reminds us, the the wine reminds us of the forgiveness that is ours. The blessings that are ours. That the curse has been removed. Jesus took the cup of curse, drank it completely down, so that you and I should not need to receive any curse. We're not frightened of witchcraft. 
We're not frightened of people doing their stuff or passing things or doing stuff. The blood of Jesus means all of those are rendered null and void. Every one of those curses are rendered null and void. But we need to remind one another of that when we hear each other speak fear. We don't slap one another. We go, hey, do you remember when we took communion? Every curse was lifted. Every curse. Do you know you're not cursed? You are blessed. Do you know you might come from Bolton currently, but you have something else? See, I'm from Manchester. That's where I'm from. It's my adopted place. It's my place of ministry. It's my place of grace. God put you and me here to grace us. And for us to be full of grace to others, to one another. That's what it says. We, we heap or we bring judgment on ourselves when we do not look at each other with God's eyes. If I get frustrated with the spanner, with the pliers, because I need a spanner, and I'm trying to turn something and it, it just won't open big, wide enough, I get a bigger spanner, don't I? And if this spanner is not big enough, I get the monkey wrench. I get the appropriate tool for the job. I don't go complain at the tool. I recognize I'm using the wrong tool for the wrong job. God does not expect us to do the wrong things. He's designed us pre-planned ahead. And so it says in Romans 12, it says that we are to think right about ourselves. Just turn with me. Romans 12, am I doing time-wise? Think right about ourselves. Verse 3, Romans 12, verse 3. By the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I want you to turn to the people around you and go, I belong to you. I belong to you. I belong to you. Those are really powerful words. Because that means you can call on me when you need me. You can claim my time. You can claim my finances. You can claim my prayer. You can claim my knowledge. I am here for you as well as everybody else out there. This is a unique, because this is how the world knows that we're his disciples, that we have love for one another. I belong to you 
is an expression of love, not an expression of law. <laughs> See, God's covenants were never about law, they were about love. They were about grace. They were about empowering, enabling you to have what you didn't have. That's what a covenant is. What I have now belongs to you. Whoa. Everything. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly place, Jesus tells us. He spoke that through Paul. Every spiritual blessing. We belong to another. In fact, it goes on and it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. And so if a man's gift is prophecy, this is verse 6, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Do you understand that you bring grace to this house, this body, when you bring your gifts, your time, and your selves? You see, the, 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 the monkey wrench or the, the spanner doesn't kind of just look at the nut and go, move it gets put on the nut and it gets moved by someone else. (laughs) That means I don't have a choice about where I go, how I get used. The master craftsman uses me. My job is to say yes and not to say ouch. I'm designed for the task he is going to use me for. You are designed for the task. Say that to yourself now. I am designed for God's tasks. I am designed for God's tasks. Those tasks are not too hard for me. Those tasks are not too hard for me because he has given me grace to do the job. He has given me grace to do the job. And like this spanner, he's turned me from something that was totally fixed into something adjustable and usable and useful. That means I can change. That means I can change. Even the drill, it's adjustable. The bits go in different size for the different jobs, eh? We understand that when we think about tools. But it says in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 17, 1 Corinthians 10. See, Corinthians got so much in there for us to be looking at. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. Do you understand? When God put you in this church, he meant you to receive from this church. He meant for you to receive from the loaf, from the whole And not just a little bit picked off the corner. 
but a great big chunk, that you and I would be blessed because consider the people of Israel to not those who eat at the sacrifices participate in the altar when you come and you take communion you participate at the altar it confirms you are God's servant you're God's miracle worker you're God's priest you're God's holy nation every time you take communion at home or in church, you are restating, declaring, I am part of the body of Christ. That is this church. And this church is part of the wider body of Christ in the city. But you, this is why your tithes belong in the church. You cannot be in covenant with the TV. It will not visit you in hospital. They may pray for you, but they can't visit you and be friends. The preachers on the TV don't want to know you. They want to know your money. The ministry that you're a part of, this church, you share. We all share. We all partake on the one loaf. There's gifts and graces that need to be released in this church in a new way. Servants, leaders, leading, people daring to disciple new believers, daring to serve midweek at food bank and sash, daring to actually come and be part of the prayer team on a Wednesday night. Daring to be part of the football team that's going out as a new man, uh, not Man United, uh, a new WHBC football team. Speak to Phil at the end of the service, over there, and you can uh, find out more details. You see, this is the thing that I started with when Christ is the head of the body. He feeds and cares for the body. I belong to you. Just look around the room. This is your family. know sometimes when I I mean the kids aren't all at home now all at one time but I'd sit quietly at the end of the table and I would just watch my family them laughing and joking and you know talking and I'd be you know thank you Lord for this amazing family and as I look around now I'm thankful for every one of you But God has called to be part of this body. Each unique. Each with your own gift and calling. And praise God that you're not all like me either. I'm a little bit crazy. And Alan's a little bit serious. But together we make an amazing team. And that you, together with 
us make an amazing team because God has called us together and I am so thankful for you.